Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today, I have a wonderful treat for you. I'm sitting here with Dr. Ruben Kalra. He is a physician and MBA, is the co-founder and CEO of WellBrain. It's a mission-driven company addressing the opiate epidemic by providing a proprietary, scalable digital health platform that decreases human suffering and optimizes patient function. He's a Harvard-trained medical doctor with double board certifications in anesthesiology and pain medicine. Dr. Kalra is a physician and entrepreneur passionate about combining mindful meditation practices, which you all know I'm passionate about as well, and biofeedback technology to customize a better patient experiences. Now, Dr. Kalra also is a partner and current president at Pain Management Consultants. It's a practice in the San Francisco Bay Area with top trained physicians who take comprehensive approaches toward addressing pain therapies. Dr. Kalra is passionate both for helping patients as well as improving the way that we address the opioid epidemic. And it's with great pleasure that I welcome him to the podcast. Ruben, welcome. Thank you, Sal. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast because uh, I'm a fan and so I just consider it an honor to, to be invited and uh, share our knowledge and experience at WellBrain and uh, hopefully share this with other leaders and even help more patients out there. That's outstanding, Ruben, and I really appreciate that. So tell me, what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with? Well, at a young age, uh, my dad's a research professor at the University of Southern California Medical School. He's actually been there, I guess, almost 50 years now. And, wow. Uh, he's the kindest awesome. and smartest man that I know. And, uh, you know, he inspired me to make a positive difference in the lives of others at a young age. And he was a researcher, and I was like the social aspect and being on the front lines. And uh, I could just remember from a young age knowing that I wanted to be a doctor. That's so awesome. And uh, shout out to your father for having such a great influence on you. So fast forward now, Dr. Kalra, you've got a tremendous uh, impact in your community, your leadership as a physician, and now entrepreneurship as well. What do you think a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? What is that and how are you guys approaching it? Well, I think the one buzzword out there is not necessarily a buzzword, but fast approaching is 
machine learning and artificial intelligence. I don't think people realize the, the positive impact that artificial intelligence is going to have in helping make better decisions and guiding care. At WellBrain, we're integrating machine learning and artificial intelligence to help the 100 million patients in the United States living with chronic pain. And I think the beauty of artificial intelligence is rather than this cookie cutter medicine approach, we're going to be able to unscale to the power of one where we're providing personalized care using data sets and knowledge to provide better patient experiences and outcomes. That's really interesting. And and so I'm always fascinated by companies that are able to take it as a buzzword, like you said, and actually apply it. So Dr. Kalra, can you give us an example of how WellBrain, you and your team there, are creating results and improving outcomes through this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess one good example is just imagine in the doctor's office, a patient comes in, they get handed the, an iPad, which has the WellBrain uh, platform on there, and the patient answers a battery of different psychological questions. And then based on the results, customizes a mindful meditation and chronic pain management program that doesn't involve opiates. It could be personalized physical therapy. And as we get more and more patients into our program, tens of thousands of patients at this point, we're learning what works and what doesn't work for patients. A good example of this, we have a 42-year-old female who maybe had back surgery, also has some anxiety, depression, and some addiction issues. We're able to sort of identify that using our program. And I can tell you so far with the data that we know, we sort of have to approach the anxiety before we get to the addiction. Otherwise, we won't uh, get this patient engaged in the program. And this is just based on the data that we're looking at. And what we're seeing so far with WellBrain has been pretty impressive with the patients that are using the program. We're seeing a reduction in costly emergency room visits, a reduction in opiate use, and most importantly, an improvement in pain. So, and, and I think it's only going to get better as we get more patients into the platform and we learn from them, we'll be able to personalize the, the management program for each patient better. That's super fascinating, uh, Ruben. And folks, if you're curious, the website is wellbrain.com. IO. You'll be able to take a look at what they're doing, really just kind of taking a look at this problem of chronic pain management. I mean, it's an issue that that is really affecting millions of people in the U.S. And why not take a note from the East and take some of these medication practices and combine it with the science of machine learning and do something about it. Now, as I understand, Dr. Kara, there's, there's a Buddhist monk as, as part of your development team. Yeah, yeah. So the Sean Fargo was a former Buddhist month, and uh, he, of all things, he approached me on LinkedIn a couple of years ago and said this was sort of his calling to to bring mindful meditation to those folks that might not otherwise be exposed to it. And he also educated me that there were specific meditations that may be more effective for certain medical conditions than others. And he helped create a pretty robust platform where we have let's say, specific meditations for planning for knee surgery or specific meditations for migraines and post-traumatic stress disorder. And it was sort of terrific having this foundation of mindful meditation, which is where we started. And now we've sort of moved and realized that mindful meditation is fantastic, but we can continue to customize it and provide patients other validated evidence-based modalities that are helpful for pain, such as personalized physical therapy. We just partnered with a live coaching cognitive behavioral therapy service so that we can provide patients with uh, different modalities that are helpful. And then, like I said, in the background, use machine learning and artificial intelligence to personalize the recommendations for our patients. 
Super intriguing. And so folks, if you're looking for different ways to tackle this problem, the opiate problem, and also this pain, chronic pain issue, something to take a look at. So Dr. Kara, as far as getting folks on the platform, are you guys mainly targeting payers? Are you mainly targeting providers? Who's your main audience, main customer? Yeah, right now we've been uh, targeting providers and uh, gotcha. you know, it's been terrific to sort of figure out who the ideal customers are and providers who are looking for other options uh, have been our initial targets. But like anything else, everyone's, I think, eager for an opiate epidemic solution. So now we have hospitals, Kaiser specifically, their innovative teams excited about what we're doing. And even nice. pairs have come to us and said, well, if you can make a positive difference, we're interested. And, you know, end of the day, we want to make a great product that's helpful. And hopefully it will not only be in the interest of patients, uh, but providers, hospitals, and, and even the pairs. Very cool. I think it's a, a super fascinating approach. Can you give the listeners an example of a time when you had a setback? What you learned from that setback and how that's made WellBrain or even yourself uh, stronger because of it? Yeah, no, definitely. It was early coming out of the gates. I guess a little brief history is that we started WellBrain. It was, we didn't intend to start the company. We, it, it sort of met a need for our practice. A few years ago, before mm-hmm. the opiate epidemic came to fruition in the news, we started to see a lot of patients who are coming to our offices of pain management where they maybe wanted opiates for the wrong reasons. Maybe they uh-huh. wanted it for anxiety, history of addiction, or insomnia. And the challenge we had at the time is patients didn't want to see a psychologist or two most psychologists didn't take insurance. So here, we're, here we were taking on a lot of risky patients. Coincidentally, my partner, Dr. Longton, one of the founders, watched a TED talk about a meditation neuroscientist that went to India, studied the brainwaves of the monks, and came back with the first measurable form of meditation. Why is that important? He said, Ruben, I looked at all the data, and uh, the data for mindful meditation for pain, anxiety, and depression is phenomenal. It's way better than anything that we do. And so we sort of put two and two together and said, gee, in our office, we can do a battery psychological test and based on the results, give them a mindful meditation in the office. And uh, instead of patients complaining about reading about the Kardashians and Us Weekly while, while we're running late <laughs> in the office, <laughs> we got essentially an assessment nice. management tool. I love it. And over the course of three, four months, we started, we started seeing patients go, wow, this is terrific. I can, I'm getting better. I'm using less opiates. And the mistake that we made is we said, okay, let's go to a conference. We have something that's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be terrific. And I went to a, a conference for pain doctors. And pretty much the response at that point, this was years ago, was actually not that long ago, was, uh, Dr. Caller, you're an idiot. Patients <laughs> don't want uh, mindful meditation. They want oxytocin. <laughs> and so that first conference was sort of a failure. We're like, why do we think this is something fantastic? And you know, yeah. maybe there's some bias coming from San Francisco and mindful meditation that <laughs> uh, you know the rest of the world doesn't want to adhere to. So we sort of took that lesson and like doctors, um, and this may be something unique about our company as well, we're always like, well, let's show them the data. So uh, yep. we went and did a 200 patient study uh, nice. that noted that 60% of patients who uh, were offered this platform would want to use it. So basically we could come back and tell doctors, hey, 60% of patients who use this in a bunch of offices in the country would actually want this if you offered it to them. And the other cool thing that transpired was while they did this in the medical office, that they actually reported uh, reductions in both physical and emotional pain. So it's pretty cool. We're like, okay, patients not only want this, but hey, use this instead of them complaining about you running late, they're actually going to maybe get better. So Love that. What a great story, Ruben. And thank you for sharing it. You guys didn't let that stop you. You developed the clinical data to support and then you brought it back and now it's starting to get some traction. So kudos to you and your team for getting that going. Oh, thanks. I'll appreciate that. 
And I think that's a lesson for everybody listening to take a lot from. So you could have your product, but when you're playing in this healthcare space, you really have to have your evidence-based results out there. And the U.S. is one thing. If you're looking to go beyond, they do it differently in other countries. And then it's the payment model, making sure you have that payment model in place and finally the logistics to be able to support the manufacturer, production, and distribution of it. And uh, Dr. Cholera is really highlighting the importance of, of this uh, clinical piece. So again, just talking to Dr. Ruben Cholera from WellBrain. Check them out at wellbrain.io fascinating approach to uh, chronic pain. So taking a look at the other side of the coin, Ruben, tell us about one of the most exciting and successful moments you've had in medicine today. That's a tough one. I mean, I definitely enjoy getting patients better one-on-one on a daily basis, but with WellBrain and digital health, I think there's an ability to scale that to a much larger audience. And it's a proud moment to sometimes say no. Several years ago, before WellBrain, our, our group was approached by this entity to acquire us. And uh, essentially, we've been working for a big medical group and most of the other doctors sold and we said no. And I I think one of it was just trying to maybe left a lot of money on the table, but there's something to be said about controlling your own destiny and controlling your own time rather than being an employee. And with that decision, it enabled us to have our own schedules and essentially enable WellBrain to come to fruition and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened otherwise just because we were able to scale our own time, decide our own time schedules and, and focus on something that was going to be much, much bigger than our own practice and, and the patients that we help. You know, that's so fascinating. And yeah, there's been a huge wave of, I mean, I think we're on the, on the end of it now because the majority of physician practices have been acquired. And so kudos to you and your team, uh, Dr. Kalra, for holding strong and now having a huge impact because of it. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're sort of a dying breed like travel agencies, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we hope there's still, we hope there's, there'll always be hopefully some room for, for private practice doctors. <laughs> you sound like travel agencies. I love it. Oh, man. So WellBrain is obviously an exciting project. Within WellBrain itself, uh, Ruben, what would you say an exciting focus area or project that you've got going on right now? Well, I think one of the most exciting things we're, we're doing right now is we actually just recently acquired another digital health company, soon to be announced, probably this week, called Mavote. And uh, what, what is Mavote it called? Is a comp- uh, Mavoked, M-E-V-O-K-E-D. Okay, Mavoked. And it's a company that uses big data and behavioral phenotyping to basically help patients with postpartum depression. Postpartum depression is underdiagnosed and definitely affects families, children, mothers. And what's unique about the company is not only another vertical force, and we know this company and the management team for a long, long time. We don't always talk about working together, but we are excited about the technology that they're going to bring to us for the chronic pain side, which is not only with WellBrain, we're getting valuable objective data through surveys and questionnaires and patient profile, but we're also, with Mavoke, going to be able to not only help manage patients, but manage patients at the right time. Because with behavioral phenotyping, we'll know if a patient, let's say, through their phone, have they been on the phone the entire night looking up the web? Are they not sleeping? Do do we need to send them an insomnia meditation to get them better? Have they not left their house in three days? Maybe they need to be paying to, to... for a wellness check to make sure they're not profoundly depressed. And I think we're excited about the future of not only artificial intelligence, but helping deliver the right care at the right time. And, and this acquisition with Mavoke will not only help patients with chronic pain, but we're going to be able to soon enough help patients with postpartum depression with a nicely integrated product. That's fascinating. 
Dr. Kalra, what percentage of, of what you do then within these companies, and that's pretty exciting, you know, the acquisition of this firm, what percentage of it is, is mental health, including your work at WellBrain? I would say it's almost 100% mental health. Uh, what's interesting about chronic pain is almost 60% of chronic pain, 60% of patients with chronic pain have some degree of anxiety or depression or what we would define as a mental health condition. Yeah. And uh, too often, it's challenging to figure out the chicken or egg, which one came first. Did the pain came first or the anxiety? And a lot of times, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The patient hurts, they can't move. Then they start getting anxious about moving. Then they get depressed because they can't do what they like. The muscles get weak because they're not exercising. And it fuels this cycle that sometimes can spiral into, uh, into addiction and overdose. But yeah, I, I think definitely everything I do is, is focused on mental health. So fascinating. And, and I think, uh, listeners, we're, we're getting to the point where we've got to make this realization. And, and I feel like, you know, Dr. Kalra here and his, and his team have made that connection. But I think as, as a whole in healthcare, we've got to begin incorporating the mental health piece with the physical health piece in a way that's impactful. And it's super exciting, Ruben, to see that you and your team are doing that. Thank you. Appreciate that stuff. Hey, so, so getting to the end here, what would you say uh, right now, we're going to build a leadership course, okay? And, and so it's called the 101 of Dr. Ruben Kalra on how to treat chronic pain and mental health to improve outcomes. So I've got four questions for you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yeah. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I'm a specialist, so this, this will be surprising coming from a specialist, a specialist doctor, I should say, but it's being proactive and preventive rather than reactive. Digital health and artificial intelligence is going to help us prevent problems before they become problems and at the least enable us to manage them better. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Making sure key stakeholders are involved in the decision-making process when you're bringing a product to market. This was important at WellBrain, where we felt engaging the physicians was important in eliciting positive change on the part of patients. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I know, it's a tough one, but being adaptive and iterative and always keeping your eyes to the ground and what is coming next. I think having a nimble organization, such as at WellBrain, where our offices are essentially below a pain practice, so we can actually rapidly go upstairs, deploy product, get feedback, and continually get feedback from the customer and, uh, and continually try to develop in a positive way. It's outstanding. And what, what is one area that should drive everything in a health organization? I think the mission. Every company has a different mission. For WellBrain, we, our mission is pretty simple. We're, we're, we're taking on the opiate epidemic by trying to provide physicians and patients with everything that isn't an opiate to get them better. And uh, by having this focus, it's attracted just a plethora of phenomenal people to come to the well-drained team who are, who are not only focused on delivering a great product, but actually making a, uh, a positive change in the community. Love that. What book could you recommend to the listeners? Okay, my wife gave me a hard one, uh, hard time <laughs> about this one. We, we, we went on a surf trip in Costa Rica, and I brought along oh, nice. uh, Survival in Auschwitz by Primo Levi. She said that was a pretty hard read for being on a, on a surf trip in Costa Rica. Uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's the story of a uh, of a survivor of the Holocaust and was called wow. time at Auschwitz. And while it's appalling, it is a testament to the power of the human spirit and mm -hmm. our ability to overcome. And as a founder and entrepreneur, we are constantly tested. And uh, this book, you know, I just refer to uh, 
helps bring me strength during challenging times. Wonderful recommendation. I, I haven't read that one, but I'll add it to the list, Ruben. I had a chance to read uh, Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning, and boy. Uh, terrific book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, talk about giving you strength when you need it most, uh, just inspirational. So appreciate that recommendation. Hadn't heard about it before. Our listeners, if you're in this entrepreneurial space or also as a provider looking to tackle huge challenges, take this book, make a note of it and read it. You could find all the show notes as well as a transcript of our discussion. Go to outcomesrocket.health slash wellbrain. That's well, W-E-L-L, brain, B-R-A-I-N. This has been a ton of fun, uh, Ruben. I've, I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you can, just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could collaborate with you. Oh, awesome. Sure. Life is a gift. Enjoy it. Maybe as a clinician, I've seen a lot of my death, uh, a lot of death during my time, but burnout is real, especially for founders. As I tell my patients, you have to take good care of yourself before you can take good care of others. So go for a hike, go for go surfing, smell the roses, go travel. If you're looking for a rational reason to do it, that's evidence-based. Since I'm a doctor, uh, studies have shown by taking vacations, shutting off your phone, it'll actually make you more productive. And it's a ton of fun. <laughs> I love it. I love the evidence base there at the end and the encouragement. What would you say the best place for the listeners to uh, reach out to you or collaborate with you? Uh, email address? Yeah, sure. They can email me anytime. It's just my uh, my first initial, rcalra, R-K-A-L-R-A, at wellbrain.io. Outstanding. Again, just want to thank you, Ruben, for spending time with us. This has been insightful, and we're really excited to see where where your company takes uh, this space in the future. Great. Thanks. I'll also look forward to uh, listening to more of your podcast. Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast.